0: Hey guys, welcome back to tap that easy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Walters. This is news and reviews for May 13th, 2019 through May 26th, 2019. We won't need all those days though, because three of these four events we're going to talk about aren't actually on May 18th. So if you time things out correctly, you can hit up all three of these events in the same day. There's a fourth event, but that's on Thursday the 16th. Anyways, so before we get started, Tap.AZ is now part of the Hopped Up Network. So hoppedupnetwork.com. It's a group of independent craft beer podcasts. Almost 30, I think, that are in the in the network at this point. So just a great group of, of people just supporting each other, trying to get the word about word out about these awesome craft beer podcasts. So hoppedupnetwork.com. Also, this episode is brought to you by Goodfellas Merch. So Goodfellas Merch out of Glendale. Do amazing screen printing great merchandising company all tap that easy shirts and hats are done by goodfellas merch if you were at strong beer festival you probably saw uh their table they've just got some awesome work that they're doing uh they actually did the official shirt for strong beer festival as well so if you're looking for a great t-shirt company a great merchandise hats whatever it is you're looking for hit them up goodfellasmerch.com tell them that tap that easy sent you Best prices, best quality, best customer service. Hands down, it's a no-brainer. So goodfellasmerch.com. All right, so first event we're going to talk about, and we've got a ticket to give away for this one, Beer School 9. So this is May 18th from 1130 to 3 at Beer Research Institute in Mesa. So if you haven't been to a beer school yet, now's the time to get started. Beer schools are always a great time, great group of people, Great times, great drinks, and it all goes for a good cause. So the whole point of Beer School um, is presented by Blue Pint Society who uh, promotes testicular cancer awareness. So just an awesome group of people headed by Mark Semler. And this particular Beer School is going to feature Beer Research Institute, Grand Canyon Brewing Company, Sierra Nevada, and Cider Core. Uh, We'll be there as well. Uh, I won't be there. I'll actually be out of town, but... Our host, co-host extraordinaire, awesome, awesome girl, Liz Lindbergh will be hosting. So make sure you hit her up if you go to beer school. So there's going to be beer, obviously. There's going to be food. There's going to be great people. They're going to have raffles, some swag baskets, and you're going to learn some stuff. So it's there's no reason for you to not go. So if you're sit- sitting there saying, I don't have my ticket yet, I don't have my ticket yet, guess what? I've got a ticket for you so here's what you need to do if you want to win a free ticket to beer school nine i need you to send me an email eric at tap that az.com, and just say in the subject line give me my ticket right so what i'll do then is on thursday i'll do a drawing and um, pick somebody out of a hat and whoever wins gets that ticket for beer school nine so once again send an email Eric that's E R I C at tap that com. subject line. Give me that ticket and you'll be entered. You don't have to type anything into the email itself. Send a blank email. Just put that in the subject line and you'll be entered to win. So I'll let you guys know who wins that on Thursday on the Instagram page. So make sure you follow that and, um, beer school nine, make sure you hit that up. Also, the same day so this is earlier in the day so this happens at 10 o'clock so really you could hit up this event at 10 o'clock that i'm about to talk to you about right now and then when you're done go to beer school so also on saturday may 18th at the arizona craft brewers guild office this is at 201 east southern avenue unit 109 and tempe they're doing the real wild and woody ticket launch so they're going to have a little get-together there. I think that's the same day as the uh, the Fate opening. Uh, the brand-new Fate um, location is opening up about 15 feet from the Guild's office. So <laughs> it's right there. It's a huge place. If I remember correctly, I think it's like two stories. So... Guild's gonna be selling tickets early. Uh, it's gonna to help to save you money on the online ticketing fees and the mandatory convention center fees. So it's gonna be saving you sixteen to twenty four dollars by going to this event. Plus, you'll be able to 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 say hi to some awesome people. Uh, let Rob Fulmer know that tap that easy sent you, and um, I don't know, maybe he'll give you a handshake or a high five or something. <laughs> but uh, so for the first time in five years at the Phoenix Convention Center, they're gonna be offering VIP and VIP plus. So these tickets get you in an hour earlier than general admission and the VIP VIP plus actually includes a meal option. So They're going to be selling merchandise at this release party on May 18th um, at the Brewers Guild office. They're going to give you hard copies of the Real Wild and Woody tickets. You don't have to get on your phone and say, why the hell is it my internet working and I can't find my ticket. And hold up the line. Get yourself a physical ticket like the old days, right? And they're going to be including the uh, brand new Real Wild and Woody shirt. So cash and credit cards are accepted should probably tell you, real wild and woody this year is Saturday, July 27th at the Phoenix Convention Center. So, get to this early ticket release launch on May 18th at the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild office, 201 East Southern Avenue, Unit 109 in Tempe. All right. On that same day, right? So, you know, you leave Beer School 9, which ends at 3 o'clock. Get over to Helio Basin. They're going to have their third annual first responders throwdown. So since I've known Helio Basin, they've always been all about giving back to the community. So uh, they do a lot of things with, uh, with the police and firefighters as well. So for this one, uh, what they do is, so Helio Basin brewed a blue line blonde, with Blue Agave, with the help of the local law enforcement officers, that benefits the 100 Club of AZ. And then Huss created a Fire Station Number no. 2 IPA benefiting firefighter charities. So, 10% of all the proceeds of the Blue Line Blonde will benefit that 100 Club of Arizona, which provides financial assistance to families of public safety officers and fire uh, firefighters who are seriously injured or killed in the line of duty. So going to feature music fire truck vintage police cars all kinds of stuff so make sure you get to this this goes this starts at 11 and ends at 4 on saturday may 18th at helio basin brewing company on 40th street and thomas in phoenix okay finally back up a little bit here Um, on thursday now this isn't really a beer event but it's kind of connected so thursday may 16th last exit live in phoenix down in uh, downtown phoenix they got some live music going on right so a band or uh, musician called Mike Pinto so back in the day when I did a music podcast um, I've loved Mike Pinto for for many years just a real awesome cool kind of beach vibe a little bit of sublime style to him um, we interviewed him on the mixtape podcast when we did that just a great dude who has an awesome philosophy on life and an awesome philosophy on uh, the music that he does so his whole thing is it's kind of related to craft beer in the sense of he doesn't want to sell out. He could have multiple times have gone with these bigger labels and they were going to make him change the way he did his music. And he was like, no, I want to do what I want to do. So that independence is is definitely something that can be appreciated by this craft beer community. So this is going on Thursday, May 16th from 8 to midnight. Mike Pinto live at Last Exit Live in Phoenix. But here's the big beer connection so the opening bands are local band called the hourglass cats kind of same vibe same sound really good local band and then a band called Scatter- scattered melodies so if that name sounds familiar it's because the dudes from scattered melodies did a collaboration with the shop beer co um several months back they did the it was a uh, I think it was like a session IPA. I can't remember what the name of it was now. Uh, but uh just a great beer, awesome dudes, these dudes in Scattered Melodies, I met a couple of them, they're just great guys. So three awesome bands playing Thursday, May 16th at Last Exit Live. It's $15 at the door. So if you like great live music and just good vibes, uh, you can get your, your tickets for $12 in advance or $15 at the door. Check these guys out. All right, so We've got a little beer 101. So my man Preston from uh, Renhouse, dude knows his shit, right? So, and if anybody's had the Big Spill Pills at Renhouse, or were, you know, I've had it on tap at other places, just a fantastic beer. So, when I reached out to him and said, "Dude, I'd love to do a beer one-on-one with you," pretty much immediately he was like, "Yeah, let's do Pilsner, man. Let me. I, I love, I love this style. I love talking about it." Uh, so, this is Preston from Renhouse talking about the Pilsner.
1: My name is Preston Taney, I'm the head brewer at Renhouse Brewing Company, and we're going to talk about Pilsners today. So the Pilsner um, is arguably the most iconic beer style out there. Um, it has this really rich um, history. Um, it actually started um, in Pilsen, and uh, it's a Czech beer historically, with Pilsner Urquell being the original, um, which is still produced today. I think it's just under 200 years old. Um... And it's known for kind of that crispness, uh, the you know, the the brilliancy, the the um uh, the clarity and, and just the overall uh drinkability of it. Um kind of the characteristic, you know, flavors you're looking for in that is that biscuity breadiness, um, backed with noble hops. Um the noble hops being um kind of those European historic hops like Saws out of the Czech and um Hallertau out of Germany. Um those tend to be kind of those, those backbone hops that are used in pilsners. Uh, there, there's three main styles um, uh, of pilsner, the Czech, German, and American. Um, your Czech pilsner, which again is kind of the genesis of it, with that pilsner Kel being the, the forefather of it all. Um, it's going to have a little bit of that, that maltiness, that sweetness. Um, uh, and uh, you know, it's going to be that straw, pale yellow color, um, super drinkable, Super iconic. Um, you know it right when you drink it. Uh, a lot of that great saaz character from the hops. Uh, just really, you know, drinkable, wonderful European lager. Uh, the German pilsner is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit drier. Um, it's going to be a little bit lighter. Have that that you know, crystal clearness to it. Um, uh, beautiful straw color. Um, and then. You know, it's going to have a little bit more carbonation, but the, one of the things that, you know, makes it really beautiful is it's got that really pillowy white uh, head to it um, that you see in beers like Slow Pour Pills out of uh, Bierstadt uh, in Denver, which is my absolute favorite. It's kind of an iconic American version of uh, uh, traditional German pills. Um, and then German pills uh, often call, is called pills, um, and you don't see that with the, the Czech. So if you see a pills, you can pretty much count that it's going to be a German Pilsner um, And then there's the American Pilsner and and that's historically kind of got crapped on um, and, and that might be rightfully so I mean, you know, it's definitely less flavor less hops um, and one of the bigger differences is uh, the use of corn it's going to be some are up to 25 30% uh, corn in the mash and it gives it a little bit more of that uh, corn sweetness um, also uh, going to have the gold color high carb stuff like that um and although it's been kind of looked down upon for years um, a lot of craft brewers are making really cool american pilsners right now um as well as german and czech inspired pilsners one of the big pushes right now um we're seeing in the craft beer scene is um towards lagers um and i you know as someone who's drinks more lagers than anything um I'm really excited about that. Um, I think kind of the cause behind that is the craft beer scene kind of came out of home brewers and beer aficionados who only could go to the store and either get imports or American light lagers that just were piss water. And so they responded by wanting those bigger beers and, and kind of driving this the brewers into you know IPAs, Imperial Stouts, all these really wonderful beers that, that came as a response to generations of you know, laughable beer. Um, America was kind of looked down upon by the rest of the world. You know, if if you go to a bowling alley and you get a Heineken, it's considered, like, a wonderful import. Like, you're probably not doing great, like, in the beer scene. Um, so, you know, we we responded with these really cool, wonderful, unique beer styles for the last 20 or whatever years. Um, and then I think, you know, the, the Pilsner's ubiquitous for a reason, and people always want to go back to it because it is such a wonderful beer. And I think now that the beer drinker has, you know, kind of tasted some of these um, regional versions of it uh, across America, it's driving brewers to kind of experiment and make contemporary ones. We're seeing a lot of dry hopped pilsners and uh, new yeasts are being used and new grains and new techniques. Um, And so it, it became kind of Approachable for your, uh, you know, your big beer fan who's used to drinking triple IPAs or super bitter IPAs or super dank IPAs and barrel age imperial, this and that. But, you know, there, there is that, you know, siren song of a pilsner, which is a super drinkable beer. And it's something that's going to be refreshing year round. Um, and, and now you're even seeing American brewers kind of drive back towards that traditional German style um, in in matching, you know, the really soft water and getting those noble hop characters and that real traditional crisp, clear brilliancy out of it. Um, And I think that um, whether it's, you know, your average consumer or your your really diehard beer fan, I think they're all appreciating kind of the skill and the science behind those beers. Um, And it's kind of helping bring back this, this style that worldwide probably hasn't dropped a lot, but in America we hadn't been drinking a lot of, I mean... Pilsner Kell use that as an example hasn't been like you know I mean I mean Stella probably outsells it ten to one you know sure. which is another wonderful beer but um, you know the these traditional European lagers um, these pilsners um, are super exciting and it's it's really great to see these. Uh, Heater Allen and all these breweries across the country that are just making these lagers and they're just knocking them out of the park. Um, and I think that's going to be a trend. And I think like all things in the brewing community, they'll ebb and flow and then they'll kind of all just level out and, and just be another part of the brewer's playbook and another part of the consumer's um, palate profile they're looking for Is um, breweries that have the great IPAs and the great stouts, but also, oh, you should try their pilsner when you go in. I think that's going to be an exciting thing we see out of this newest wave um, of pressure to brew these loggers, and specifically pilsners. Yeah, one of the, the kind of, um, I don't know, interesting things about lagers, and specifically, I suppose, pilsners, because they have kind of the least um, diversity in, in grain um, is the inability to hide um, mistakes. So, you know, if, if your fermentation's off a little bit, your temperature on a stout or something like that, that that big flavor and big sweetness and a lot of those flavors can kind of cover that up maybe or at least make it, it's not that you're trying to cover it up so much as it, it, it doesn't jump out to you as much. Uh, with something like, a, you know, if you're going to make a German Pilsner and just make this really crisp, clean beer, um, if you don't hit all your numbers and if you don't, if you don't, uh, dial that recipe in perfectly. You, there's nothing to cover that up. There's, no, it's gonna whether or not you're trained to look for it, you're gonna find those off flavors, um, and and you're gonna find them right away. So it's it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely a a gauge um, for a, a brewer or brewery that they 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 tend to put a lot of effort into that for that reason. I made it all up. None of that was true. By I the way. All right, let's do it. <laughs> This is Preston from Renhouse Brewing. Thanks for listening, and go to your neighborhood brewery and order a Bilsner.
0: Preston, always a cool dude to talk to, super knowledgeable, and just a down-to-earth, awesome guy. So, before we end this, let's uh, let's hear a beer review from my man Chris Dodson, editor extraordinaire, co-host extraordinaire, great friend, just an awesome dude. So, uh, let's jump into this beer review.
2: That sound means it's time for another beer review from your friendly neighborhood podcast editor, and today we're drinking Arizona Light Lager from Hus Brewing Company. Hus Brewing Company, friends of the show, and uh, just released this tasty beverage to the to the public a few weeks ago. I've really been enjoying the rise in lager releases from our local craft breweries. Uh, Petal House, Helton, 12 West, Helio Basin, and way more than I have time to name have all been have all been providing us with terrific lager offerings, and Hus Brewing has added one more option to the local lineup with the release of Arizona Light Lager. This brew is everything you'd expect it to be. Easy drinking, light, but still plenty of tasty malt goodness, and a finish that lingers just long enough to make you want to come back for more. This is the quintessential Summertime Porch Pounder, and it's been released just in time for the oven to turn on. Got a nice, clear golden color, aroma of slightly sweet malts, and lots of flavor for this 110-calorie beer. I really enjoy this. It knows what kind of brew it is, and it delivers on that promise. So for my review, Arizona Light Lager is a late spring morning sitting in backyard project and i've got no responsibilities for the day go out and get this one you won't be disappointed you're gonna want this all summer long this is your friendly neighborhood podcast editor you can find me around the internet at chris runoff and if you didn't understand the backyard project reference give me a follow on instagram and let me know what you think of huss's arizona light lager
0: cheers right excellent great review by chris dotson you know go try this beer i've had it and i don't know man my taste buds or my my palate changes continually and i'm a real big kick now on just those clean crisp lagers and pilsners and i had one of these light lagers the other day and it was just just hit the spot so check them out get to one of these events and thank you guys always for your support. If you really want to help this this uh, podcast get to the next level, let a friend know. Say, hey, check out this podcast. Spread the word. Um, if you're really feeling up to the task, which is not really a task. It maybe takes five minutes. Uh, go to iTunes and give a rating review. Help us really climb those charts. So appreciate everything I, uh, that you guys do. And um, always remember, stay awesome.